0: This episode was brought to you by the Thrive Factor Coach Certification offered by Thrifactor School. The certification is a unique, immersive experience into professional coaching and developing proficiency using the Thrifactor Framework and its 12 female-centric self-leadership archetypes. Being a Thrifactor Factor Coach offers a unique gift of personal transformation your clients will be filled with gratitude for. This is a genuine opportunity to engage in a world-class personal and professional training experience and become part of a community of impact makers as a licensed Thrifad coach. To find out more, email hello at thrifaddeco.com. Huge hello, everyone. I'm Shannon Dunn, your business and leadership coach and host here at She Leads She Thrives podcast. I say this every time I welcome a new guest, but like I'm very excited. <laughs> like, if you haven't got the grips of my Inspire believer archetype, the excitement is real and genuine. But I am, I am, I think it's the next level of excitement to talk to you, beautiful Amy Tao. So, I'm so grateful that you're here today. So, Amy and I. Met in the online space, like I have met a lot of the guests. She and I are both in Australia, but on opposite sides of the country, like almost kind of like, you know, Amy's in North Queensland and I'm in the southern part of Western Australia. So literally on a diagonal. And um, when we met in person for the first time was in Tuscany in Italy, which was so cool, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I love that so, met so many amazing people that when we live in the same country, but we met overseas and we have hung out in in Bali together we have the Mornington Peninsula, in Victoria we're at um festival together for Seven Sisters like we've had lots of fun times together I'm sure some of those will come into the stories we share today so it's so cool to have you here honey and I'm, I'm just excited about what we may end up talking about because I will warn you with Amy you never kind of know what you're gonna get <laughs> <laughs> and she knows <laughs> I know how to kind of draw out all the cool stories
1: <laughs> <laughs> right oh absolutely absolutely thank you yes I'm very very excited to be here too definitely I was just saying before like this is Amy's had lots
0: going on in her personal life huge evolution we'll get to talk about some of those in the in the episode today but I was just saying to her I think the last time we actually did this and had a conversation was when I hosted a summit back in April of 2020. Her world has radically changed since then. A lot. <laughs> right? In good ways. Um, so, yeah, it was, it's really cool to be here face to face again in a different way. So, let me tell you a bit about her from the kind of bio perspective. So, Amy tal is the creator of Temple of She, a space for the willing woman. She supports women to be practitioners in the revolution of the feminine. As a Yoni massage practitioner and trainer, certified intuitive guide, and registered midwife, she has over a decade of experience working with women in powerful yet vulnerable self exploration. Of course, after experiencing a 21st century witch hunt within Midwifery, which I yeah, I'm sure that will come up. If it doesn't, can you kind of just weave it in somewhere in my question? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I want to talk about. Amy was compelled to go within deep to find out who she really was as a woman. She was then driven to explore the untapped power women hold in their pussies. Women hold a key that hold a key. They are terrified to access. Yeah. See, I couldn't even say that word. I'm not, don't feel I'm terrified to it. Like, you know, I'm just, maybe on the behalf of the collective, I couldn't even read that out loud (laughs) in line with what you're talking about. Yeah. The key unlocks their powerful presence and pleasure. Amy loves to push the envelope, get deep and dirty into the taboos of our world. She holds your hand while pushing you to get uncomfortable. She'll hold the mirror while you look at your vulva. Literally, I've seen pictures of of that. And she'll also give you one of the best hugs you've ever had. And I can attest to that. A long time between Amy and Shannon hugs, but yes. So, oh, goodness me. It's like when I was thinking a lot of questions am like, to start to, with our conversation, it was like a thousand different places we could go to, right? But my fabulous friend, you don't exactly work in a traditional industry. We just heard about that, yeah? yeah. But at the same time, kind of with the pioneer seeker archetype, you weren't likely to ever be mainstream. And I imagine that, that having that archetype, which is for anyone who's listening is not familiar, haven't gone and listened to the archetype episode, don't know about the pioneer seeker. This is the disruptor. She's also Mm -hmm. got a queen energy. Amy's got the double queen because she's got the queen ruler and the pioneer seeker. But the queen, from the pioneer seeker's perspective, is the queen of the underworld. You know, Mm -hmm. so they do these women do things, they work in areas, they do stuff that a lot of the rest of us find incredibly uncomfortable. So I'd love, as a starting point, honey, to hear what it's been like for you navigating the business space, you know, Mm -hmm. when what you do and champion isn't easy for others to talk about. Yeah yeah absolutely. I love how like you're just like yeah I'm literally what do you where can we start how much can I tell you and I've watched people just go like did she say what I think she said like that kind Mm -hmm. of energy on their faces and their bodies kind of tighten
1: up men and women but I think I've seen women be more uncomfortable. Oh absolutely absolutely yeah definitely I think men have a more of an immaturity around this stuff than women do women it's just sheer terror (laughs) and that really dictates the the responses and interactions that then flow on from that absolutely but yes so to answer your question (laughs) I think yeah really well a big part of it was my own personal journey that's what led me into this work and and um and then it was kind of like okay making a business out of this and this because it is such a huge void that exists in our society where this area that we just don't talk about hmm. that we don't dive into that we don't explore that we pretend's not there that we shut it down but it's actually linked to so many of our obstacles of our fears of our belief stories of our limitations within our business our finances our relationships our pleasure, everything that we are as women, it's generally hooked into all of those. So I kind of realised that this is what I wanted to do and um, because, well, as as midwifery with the witch hunt, so I've been a midwife for about 17 years now and Mm. six or seven years ago now, I... Um, I was working in Melbourne in a big hospital there and I was the midwife at a birth where the baby died and that wasn't the first for me. I've worked in third world countries with humanitarian aid and all kinds of settings and and death is very much a birth, um, part of birth for me.
0: Yes, we also can, as a society, ignore that depending on where we live because we don't hear about it. And we just Hmm. did that with medical technology, advancements or whatever you want to call them, that that would never happen, which is not true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. So this one, you know, as always, it's very difficult and it's awful, but it, it wasn't new for me. However, what was different this time was the hospital, the system that I was within, decided that it was my fault and to persecute me for that. So that, you know, unfolded this 12-month undoing, really, mm-hmm. of me. And just, you know, I was a midwife who worked, God, 60 to 80 hours a week. I lived and breathed it. I was a bloody good midwife. All my girlfriends were midwives. It was all I talked about. It was all I did. It was everything. And then all of a sudden I couldn't do it. Oh, no. And, you know, they, they stood me down while I was all investigated and not only was I told you can't do it but you're so bad at it that you killed someone. Yeah. <gasps> And that just. I'm
0: I'm, I'm not shocked because we see and we hear these kind of things happening around the world all the time. But at the same time, I'm disgusted that it does happen.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, absolutely. And it was just, yeah, it it was astonishing to experience. Mm. But it was, yeah, so incredible in so many ways. And so that destroyed me, basically. It just absolutely destroyed me, who I was. And I went into the darkest
0: ripped away your your identity and everything you saw everything yourself to be
1: and that was it who was I if I wasn't a midwife? what's left without that and so it was this incredible undoing of who I was and everything and I went through this 12 months process and I had to you know I had to go through it I had to go through the process I had to jump through the hoops and do all the stuff and see the corruption and the inside shit that goes on and then get to the end of the 12 months and have the hospital and our registration organisation go, oh, no, it's all good, you didn't do anything wrong, carry on. And I was kind of in pieces on the floor and just went, oh, how the fuck do I carry on?
0: How do you go on when you've literally had your whole world ripped apart, examined, you know, under the microscope, the judgement, the criticism? Yeah. The, you know, you you don't just suddenly wake up and go, okay, that's finished now, I'm all good.
1: Yeah, no. So I walked into the office, handed in my resignation and said, I'm out, and yeah. I never went back. Yeah. And um, so that was a big unfolding of midwifery for me and how I did it. And in that process I found Yoni Massage and I found my sexual self, which is kind of a weird thing to find out of that process. But Well, well you know,
0: I, I, I feel like. Because I, you know, just for the listeners knowing, I don't completely not know Amy's story, but I'm hearing it in more detail now than I probably ever have. It feels to me like it was such a natural progression for you to lead to where you were um, so meant to be, if you want to use that phrase. Oh, absolutely. Right? Horrible that you have to go through all of the crappy stuff that you did. But you know, let's look at your archetypes. You weren't going to call in a small, small lesson, right?
1: (laughs) No, no, that's right. And I think there's so many times in our lives where we're like, oh, should I change? Should I do something else? No, I'll stay and stay here. And the universe literally has to give us a massive kick up the ass. Yes. Too. Or maybe that's just me. (laughs) To make any change and go in a different direction.
0: (laughs) If you if you're listening and you that you don't get that, mm, I'm not going to say it's definitely coming, but probably is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. All of that has put me to where I am now with, I now, I now have been in business at Temple of she, for six years where I began as the only massage practitioner. I discovered this really controversial, um, modality that I was like, wow, that's incredible. Cause from midwifery, I saw women who were incredibly disconnected from their bodies from the waist down. <laughs> Birth was so traumatizing, so difficult. And Terrible for them because they vagina. What vagina? I don't have a vagina. What are you talking about? You got to put your fingers where
0: my tiny. I mean, if you're listening and you don't know this, my very first career, I was a registered nurse, not a midwife like Amy. But as part of my general nursing training, we did a midwifery rotation, and we were required to observe a certain number of births. And yeah, I can yeah. remember being like, "What? Well, God, goodness me, maybe 19," and yeah. watching that and going, "These women are so." like something's kind of not right here and that's probably what it was that they were so disconnected like their body was this vessel to birth a child but their actual connection to the body was not there wasn't you know loving and rich and it was it was a kind of a purpose-serving function yeah
1: yeah that's exactly right exactly and birth is such an incredible cracking open you know there's very few transformations that a woman goes through in life that are that big so it's an opportunity for huge trauma or huge growth and that relationship with our body can often dictate which it is and so I then fell into this modality that was like wow this can really address all of that so I could see the power of yoni massage from the beginning. And so that's why I wanted to run with it with all my midwifery knowledge and the background I had. And and I did. I ran with it. And then women were coming for it and they wanted something else. And what else have you got? How else can we work with you? And then I'd, you know, create a program and then another program. And then people were like, teach me what you do. I want to learn what you do. And I was like, oh, God, I can't possibly do that. I'm not good enough for that, blah, 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 you know, all the stories. stuff comes up, yes. <laughs> So then it took me two years to create my own yoni massage practitioner training. And because, you know, this. Tantra and spirituality and all of this stuff is a completely unregulated industry, and I could see because on a different, you know, less less comfortable for people to talk
0: about. (laughs) But yes, yes, yes,
1: yes, yeah. And I could see how the impact that was having on people who were calling themselves practitioners. So they go and do a weekend course, or you know, even less. Or I've heard stories of people learning from YouTube and then going out and calling themselves practitioners right. and offering a service. Yeah. So I wanted to address that with part of what Midwifery had offered me, you know, which is a highly regulated industry right. where you have ongoing professional development and and to bring kind of merge the two to create a standard in the industry which is what I've done. So for four years now, I've been providing that training and the impact is, yeah, the ripple is really now becoming pronounced, which is yes, amazing. Yes. And it's been such a big journey of being seen and yelling from the rooftops, yes. something that makes so many people uncomfortable. Right,
0: so much, so much. And you when I first met you in person, as I said, it was in Tuscany and that was in was it, September 2018. Yeah, yeah. Again, like this love of this person here sitting in this seat talking. (laughs) <laughs> who has such a love of travel knows exactly all the last trip she did before pre twenty twenty. So yes, yeah, so it was September twenty eighteen, and I remember you telling me about this thing you were going to like, you know, launch or birth. We could say that. That's a highly appropriate word. Yeah. For what we're talking about, and yeah, I just remember getting so excited for you. And then when we did your profiling and saw your archetypes, like, of course, of course, she, of course, you are. Um, yeah, but yeah. that was before it was actually a a, a thing. So yeah, you know, we are still
1: figuring it all out yeah absolutely and it's been such a yeah my journey has really dictated what the training is Mm. because I you know I came into the industry with a a four-day training and that was it and Mm. what I really saw was that they need a mentor. They need a space to talk about it. Oh, my God, this happened in a session. Is that normal? What do I do when a client asks me this? I, and I love that you do that. That, to me, is drawing on, you know, I guess some of the best of
0: mental health professional kind of practice and, you know, psychology, that space of supervision, supervisory yeah. models of, you know, um, there's another episode, I don't know whether it's going to go live before yours or after, but, you know, anyone who is listening, look out for the episode with Sass Petherick. Uh, we talked about supervision a lot. I'm, I've brought that into the self-leadership coaching certification with the Thrive Factor framework because it is so needed, that safe space to yeah, unpack. And as you yeah. said, is this normal? Is this not normal? What do I do here? Someone asked me this. How do I respond? You know, that's not a regular thing in these mm-hmm. kind of industries. and. Again, coming from the background I have, like you, mm. draw on the best of that professional kind of structure and guidance that we've had yeah. in our other back, you know, lives, I guess, as other industries.
1: Mm. So that's very cool. Yeah. 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 Well, it, it's needed. It's really, really important, especially with the vulnerability that is in this work. When you're asking women to come into a space to get naked, to have their vagina, vulva, full body massaged, they need to be safe in that. Yes. And that, for me, is non-negotiable. So it's... Too, too, Amy, it's not just saying or using the word safe or safety. mm
0: -hmm. It's actually knowing what that actually is. And I guess, I guess, I know, being mindful of the reality that every individual will define safety and what it means for them to feel safe differently, right? Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. And it varies. Oh, man, does it vary. Yeah, and that's why my training is six months because these women have to be able to cater to that mm. and tailor to each client that comes to them as well as deal with their own shit yeah, as right. the practitioner because you can't be bringing that into the space. No. So it's, yeah, it, it's been incredible and, and to have it as a business and to, you know, then be an entrepreneur basically mm. with a sexual-based business mm. has been lots of fun, <laughs> but also very difficult and very challenging. And, you know, being blocked from base Facebook, I don't know how I many to, times. I want to talk to you about that.
0: So that's as a perfect link <laughs> because I've literally, that's my next question. I was like getting banned from social media. And I know particularly Facebook has been a regular occurrence. So like it's, yeah. it's kind of, I know it's something you laugh at. And a lot of us that know you laugh at, because like, oh, here she goes again. Right. But <laughs> you know, you know, what's, um you know, I guess there's lots of funny stories. I'd love to hear one of them, you know, whatever one kind of comes to mind. And also to hear about how you were able to connect or stay connected to your growing audience despite or maybe in spite of the guidelines you know I'm using air quotes here of what to post and not post because they're mm-hmm. also very open to missing like to interpretation I don't say misinterpretation but interpretation. Yeah. tell us the story and then how you actually <laughs> moved yeah. around that regardless because I mm-hmm. you know in those times that it was obvious that you weren't on Facebook, yeah, I don't feel like I still had like I had no contact with you like you were still mm-hmm. there was presence there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: it's yeah. also part of Amy. Like you just want you, know you know Amy. Like she's she,
1: I infiltrate your soul. <laughs> yes, yeah, <a> good way. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I guess particularly in the beginning, and I think my pioneer Zuka had a lot to do with this. I'm oh, No surprise that that real like pushing the pushing the envelope and just mm-hmm. I don't give a shit Facebook. I'm going to post what I like, and then and it is an
0: archetype that will go to the point of pushing the boundaries or pushing the envelope, Mm -hmm. be cheeky, be sassy, you know, deliberately use language or imagery just to kind of get a, it's like it was a disruptor. It's just to get people to stop for a moment and shock them. You know, and it's not done in a malicious way. I just will say that because some people that are more sensitive archetypes often feel that pioneer seekers are kind of doing things that are naughty. Off, yeah. And doing it out of a like a maliciousness or spite, yeah. no, then, then mm. trust me, then that's not where it's usually coming from at all, mm. you know.
1: So yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, no, I guess yeah. I mean, I'm coming from the perspective that conversations can change a lot, but if we don't have the conversations, nothing changes. Mm. Mm. So I'm putting the the seeds there for the conversations mm. to be had, and yeah. So I would post things on Facebook so that would have nipples or would have pubic hair or. Um, yeah, that's probably about as as obscene or extreme as it ever really got. Well this it's just you know it's so interesting, isn't
0: it, that images of human bodies are so women's bodies. Women's bodies, yes. Yeah, so thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> Can cause so much controversy.
1: Yeah. 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 So yeah, I would get banned or blocked from Facebook for 30 days at a time, which meant no access Frequently. to messenger. Nothing posting on, on Facebook. And when I was building my business, that was crippling. It yeah. was because li- people were sending me messages to, you know, about inquiring about services and I could literally do nothing about it yeah. for 30 days. And funnily enough, how's this for sabotage? It would always happen around when I was launching something. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I had to then figure out, okay, how do I work with this? How do I, you know, still deliver my message, still plant the seeds for the conversations, but do it in a way that is somewhat socially acceptable. <laughs> mm. Mm. So it was it was learning that and and getting creative with my content, getting creative with my images. Yeah. And potentially being, you know, playing the good girl for a little while to get off the blacklist, although I don't think I am ever off the blacklist. <laughs> um so that my my images but yeah, we're accepted again. And, and it was a process, but a lot of that was about me accepting that I couldn't just be this big disruptor. Yes. yes. That yeah. I had to play the game essentially to, yeah. to get out and, there.
0: And that is not something that most pioneer seekers or queen rulers for that matter, and you've got the both archetypes, like to be told that you've got <laughs> no. to conform and follow a certain something and, you know, play the game um, so that no. you Seen.
1: I yeah. fought with Facebook many times. No doubt, I have no doubt. Uh, one anyway. of the the biggest way that I got around that was establishing my mailing list, yes. because what I realized is that's mine, that and is. it's not censored, and it's not dictated by anyone else in any way. And that is where I can give the real juice, the real everything. And so that's what I started to do was to build my mailing list and say, look, if you really want the good stuff. The stuff that society tells us isn't okay or that we shouldn't be putting on social media, that's where you need to be hanging out. Mm-hmm. And that was how I learned to manoeuvre around the limitations of social media, definitely. Yeah,
0: I know. I, that, I mean, that is just a valuable business lesson in itself is, you know, exactly. remembering that you don't own anything that you put up on any social media platform. Yeah. It, it's not yours despite the fact you may be the originator of the content the imagery mm-hmm. it does not belong to you and if if those platforms did shut down overnight which we never know what's possible we've all been through things that we never thought would happen in the last few years um you have no connection with those individuals that may be interacting with your content every single day yeah. unless they are on in you know part of your email community for sure yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah 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 I had a, actually I had a really ex- interesting experience recently in November last year where all of a sudden one morning my Facebook account just blew up my inbox was just getting message after message after message and I this likes and comments on the, a post And I was like what is going on and before my eyes like the notifications were just ping 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 ping, no, ping, no. ping. <laughs> I couldn't keep up with it I what the hell is happening here and Someone somehow had shared one of my promo videos for my practitioner training. Again, I was in launch and um, it was just going nuts, absolutely nuts. Like, I think I was up to 600,000 views within an hour and had the comments were, I don't even know, like 2,000, 3,000 comments or Mm -hmm. something. And my inbox was just going as much, but (laughs) they were all from foreign. Men, yeah, generally speaking or not speaking, but um, either Indian, Pakistani, Arabic, something, yeah. And a lot of them, a lot of them were either you know, sexual, sexually based comments or interactions, or you're the devil woman, you need to have your soul, you know, baptized, yeah. blah 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 blah. And it was so intense that I had to like just switch everything off and and delete the content. Well actually no Facebook then deleted the con- the video oh, because it was gaming. Thank you, Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Traction. And it was just like, wow, that was a really intense experience for many, many reasons for me. Even the the experience of going, you know, viral, whatever that mm-hmm. is, um, but just getting so much attention, but also the overwhelm of the the haters and the the not my target audience. And I mean, it was great. It brought my Facebook up to 12,000 followers, but yeah, you know, I know 9,000 of those are know. not I, my target audience. No, I've heard
0: lots of stories about people going, it's so cool. I've grown my audience, you know, on social media so much. And my question every single time is, is that audience, your ideal target audience? And, you know, some people are like, I don't know. And others are like, oh, of course it must be. No, like, not necessarily. And having, you know, this is where things like, you know, vanity, vet. I would say you know, vanity metrics, yeah. like how many likes and follows and all that kind of stuff, yeah. be mindful. You know, I had a conversation with a client of mine recently and she, she had observed someone that we she and I both know in common who has a business that's very part-time or casual really. She's hardly ever on social media, but she sort of, kind of suddenly jumped up large numbers in her Instagram following in a short space of time. And so this client of mine was like puzzled by it. I was like, I'm not suggesting she's done anything she shouldn't have, like or or paid for followers or those kind of things. But I would be surprised too that that was natural organic growth. I said, so let it go. Stop focusing on the number and focus on your own, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And are they, again, and I'm having a look at some of the content and you could see the interactions alike. So we're from accounts that I would suggest are not ideal clients for that individual. Yeah, I'd much yeah. To say with like my my people that want to connect and interact, mm-hmm. then
1: that. That's, have- right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old social
0: media. Oh. Right. Yeah, and you know, and you talk about something that is, you, it shouldn't be controversial, but it is taken as controversy for in a large percentage of the world. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. talk more about your throwaway archetype. So, I remember um, when we were in Tuscany together. And I put that offer out there for the women that were there to do the profiling and to to have that time while we were there one-on-one to so I could introduce you to your archetypes. You were very pioneer seeker, like the very first one who signed up and went, yeah, I'm doing it. And when can, when can we do this, right? And I remember we, were, we kind of were sitting down by the, by the pool in the late afternoon. I vividly remember it sitting opposite you and sharing, introducing you to your archetypes. And you kind of got three really core dominant ones and then another three that sit kind of just under them. But we focus on those main three. Mm -hmm. And watching your response and feeling your emotions, (laughs) such joy and, of course, and, oh, my God, this is really cool. Like all of that energy that came through was such a a joy for me to witness. So tell (laughs) us about that moment for you and what, you know, we've talked about the Pioneer Seeker and the Queen Ruler. Tell us about your archetypes and then, we'll, you know, I'd love to hear more about how you're using them in your business.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, I, and even actually even having this conversation and remembering them, it's like it's that permission all over again because that's what that was for me. It's just that understanding it's like, oh, that's how I tick. Yes. <laughs> right. And you were and like, I remember, I
0: sure you use the phrase, oh, that makes sense now, like so many <laughs> times.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, that's something I would say. Yeah. yeah, it did. It just made sense because I understood w- why I wanted to do things a certain way yeah or understood the way that I wanted to do things Mm. I was like Mm. oh that makes sense now I get that and it was and I remember you said this before when you were talking about it it's like this permission and Mm. that's exactly what it felt like it was just especially I think when I think about it like the Queen and just the luxury that I like to bring to my experiences, it felt like it gave me permission that I didn't have to justify I know. why I wanted it to be in nice rooms with air conditioning and good linen. Yeah. And that's often an interesting attribute of the Queen
0: Ruler. So for anyone who again who hasn't listened to the archetype episode, the Queen Ruler is the regal leader of the archetypes. So she's not the only one with leadership potential. They all have leadership potential, but she's the one more likely to lead on a large scale if she chooses to, because some mm-hmm. queen rulers are quite confronted by that potential as well. You know, Again, there are other archetypes that are influenced. We're not one archetype, so there's other things going on too. But yeah. they love luxury. They like nice quality things. They're not materialistic, but they want the very best that they can get in the time and in the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. It speak coughing here. So you got to own that, which you yeah. have.
1: Yeah, and that's what that really gave me was permission to own that, to, to be able to say, yes, when you come on retreat with me, it is luxurious, you know, and my welcome packs, like it gave me permission to create the most beautiful welcome packs full of Expensive shit, like stuff that we normally don't buy for ourselves. It was stuff that I could give the women who have said yes to working with me to celebrate them in the way that I wanted to.
0: Which is such a great attribute of you being the role model as the leader in your space. Yeah. Of giving others an opportunity to Mm. have those kind of levels of experiences, as you said, that often we don't give ourselves for whatever reason. Right. It's just
1: absolutely. Yeah,
0: definitely, yeah. So you haven't just got the queens. like
1: <laughs> She's very dominant.
0: I know, and, and she is. And, like, when you see anyone who goes to have a look at Amy's content, you will see these rich, you know, deep red colours that, to me, feel like folding into velvet.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah? Yeah and the gold and like all of the kind of very regal colouring. It's Mm. not surprising to me that queen rulers tend to love those kind of rich colours, the metallic colours. Often queen rulers have a penchant for pinks and crimsons as well. There's just a thing I've noticed It's kind of funny. (laughs) Like so often in their brands (laughs) those kind of colours come through for you. It makes sense that, you know, you're on a massage and talking about the female body that you've got more of a red aspect to it
1: yeah 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 Yeah. and then and I mean the pioneer seeker understanding that archetype and seeing basically just why I am the way that I am why you probably your whole life
0: you felt like you kind of were different yeah Yeah. this is an archetype that often yes it's a disruptor but she also she thinks differently she feels differently she interacts with the world differently and because of that often feels like a loner Mm. Often we'll talk yeah. about being the, you know, use the phrase, maybe it's not necessarily appropriate to use these days, but black sheep. Like that's an, often a kind of, you know, I, I, I'm the black sheep of the family, I'm the black sheep of my entire community yeah. of whatever, of my industry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. lonely. We'll but you say, well, what happens? Well, how would it be when there's lots of people doing what you're doing and a pioneer stick is like almost like breaks out in a rash like, oh, no, like, you know, I kind <laughs> of want that. But and that's
1: so true. Yeah. So true. Like I really... Have a deep desire to do things differently. Mm. And uh, yeah, and that plays across in all areas of life, even my mothering and the way that I'm choosing to raise my daughter and the clothes that I dress her in, like everything to what I do in my business and how I show up on social media and the courses that I run and the content that's in them. Mm. And just this desire to, yeah, to put stuff on social media that makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I Um, want to do that. The world needs. (laughs) Women like you. you
0: know, we, yeah, we, yeah. There's a place for every archetype and every combination of archetypes for a reason. And, you know, I don't necessarily in the, you know, thousand plus profiling kind of experiences I've led. And then we add in those that the Thrive coaches have done. There's not that many pioneer seekers in the world, which makes sense. It falls in line with the whole energy of a pioneer seeker being the unique innovator and disruptor. You yeah, know, yeah. if we had billions of you,
1: you got the world to be chaotic,
0: right, but but the
1: world that would be the norm then, yeah. You know? yeah so it
0: wouldn't would go against what the whole pioneer seeker stands for completely. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, that's so
1: true. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, and that combination of the two really, yeah, just creates what my business is and and how it how it does what it does. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the other I just I remember is it the mentor teacher that's my third. Yeah, yeah. That one I think is really, well, it's just the underlying foundation of everything that I do. And it was a big part of my practitioner training and just, you know, there's so much, and that's part of my bio, like leading the feminine revolution is that's where that comes from. And I need to teach these women everything that I know and feel about myself and my body and my sexuality and what I have learned. And Like I said, my journey has informed what I do now. Yeah, of course. So being able to to teach that and to coach women through that and to guide them is just, I think that's what my business is all about. And the the queen and the pioneer is just how I do it
0: they're almost like your your kind of your brand expression, as you said, your methodology. But you're right, when you have the mental teacher act up, like I also do, we are here to be conduits of knowledge and wisdom. And it's such an important thing that we remember the wisdom part, because it's not just about what we've learned, lived and learned experience and sharing that it is about the wisdom effect of that as well. And it's no surprise to me that the majority of women that have the mental teacher archetype, which in my world is in the high 90%. Um, <laughs> most of my clients have this archetype, that they end up teaching in some capacity through the mechanism of business. You know, like you and I to the extreme of starting, you know, actual certifications. Um, that's yeah. not every mental teacher goes down that path. That's definitely Amy's influence of her Queen Ruler and Pioneer Seeker, my influence of my visionary creator, that we've gone to that level. Um, yeah. but teaching you know it's a, it's rare that I will say to an archetype when I'm talking with a woman introducing it to her archetypes or coaching in it this is something that I really think is a non-negotiable but for a mentor teacher I do and it's like you need to be teaching you need to monetize sharing your knowledge and wisdom which yeah. is exactly what you've done yeah yeah We have an important role in the world and there are others. I forget that there's people out there that don't have mental teacher because there's so many in my world. Um, But there are people out there that don't have this archetype. But equally, there are mental teachers that have an unquenchable thirst for knowledge and and wisdom activation uh, who are looking to people like you and I who've taken it to another level in terms of the way we teach and how we you we share so Mm -hmm. yeah very cool And I said Naomi's got other little archetypes that you're playing out there and things but you really are the epitome poster girl of the combination (laughs) of those three aren't you
1: (laughs) yeah yeah definitely yeah well they all have such an important role in Mm -hmm. in my business and what I do and it's yeah it's so yeah I can't imagine not having those to do what I do. Right definitely and
0: I love that you shared early on about that use of the word permission because I often talk about this whole interaction or getting to know your archetypes as being a permission experience and that's not it's like I'm giving you permission by telling you what your archetypes are after you've taken the assessment to say like look what you can do it's a it's like a permission to let yourself be yours be who you are.
1: Yes. Yeah, yes. it's giving exactly.
0: you a framework and a way to understand. And I yeah. know over the years I've had people say to me, is this like a limiting thing because they've done different profiling or assessments mm. or personality things and they've yeah. felt like it's kind of boxed them into something. As like, no, the Thrifate to Framework yeah. is like a springboard
1: to your mm. possibility
0: and potentiality.
1: Yeah, that's it. Because, yeah. yeah, definitely. Because I feel like mm-hmm. I was already doing all of that. But yeah. in a really, really, really small, small way. way. Yes. Safe way. <laughs> yeah. And you did. It was it was like
0: sitting there we you know across from you. And then the conversations we had after that, both oh. in the Tuscany, and other parts. I said you and I've spent time in Bali together, in other parts of Australia, um, mm-hmm. chatted online and that kind of thing. But it was like sitting there and watching you go. I got nothing holding me back now. This is and it was honestly Amy, such a beautiful thing to sit here and you know to Thank witness you. women stepping into who they are and yeah. running with it with gusto, right? It was yeah. like, yeah, okay, there's nothing nothing I, nothing to get in my way now.
1: Yeah. I can I can take up space now. Yes. Like that, you know, I think that's what it is when, when, yeah, it's, it's really about because it is, your, it is who you are already, but it's about taking up the space of what that truly is. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And so many of us may have some sense of who we are, but the, there could be fear around actually being who and what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may have had experiences through our life where we've heard things, been told things observed other interactions through other people that have told us it's not safe to be who we are there's so many different iterations yeah. of that right yeah um, absolutely a whole other, whole other episode so what <laughs> I'd like to, to know now though is like what's your you know as a queen ruler double queen you've got a vision like that the queen ruler and the visionary creator of the 12 clubs are the two that have a big kind of big mm-hmm. reaching vision so what's your big vision for women when it comes to their relationship with their bodies
1: yeah, I my vision is that women have a place to go, or a, a, it's that women can be able to fall in love with themselves. I know that sounds so cliche. I didn't want to say that because mm-hmm. it's like you know that's so I don't know commercial now. <laughs> See, it's too mainstream for you, like, <laughs> <a> speaker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but it, it's about like you know. I love to say I want to make your own massage boring. And what I mean by that is I want it to be so accessible, so every day that you book in your monthly early massage like you do your pedicure. Yeah. You know, because our bodies, our sexuality, our power, our pleasure are just so normal and so every day for us that that's what we do and we're so connected with it that we talk about it all the time and we we go and have a yoni massage every month and we do that. That is what my vision is. Yeah. So to have enough practitioners out there to make it accessible for every woman everywhere so that we're having these conversations so that it becomes socially acceptable on, on social media to see these things and talk about these things and so that women can actually learn their bodies. Mm. We don't have an education system that teaches us about our basic anatomy, let alone our pleasure and sexual anatomy. you
0: and I both having come through the stream of nursing, Mm. I imagine your anatomy needed to be a lot more than mine because you went down the midwifery path. But in terms of basic human anatomy, the reproductive system, as it was referred to, was what we
1: learned, but in a very scientific way. I understand that. But yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, but we, when we educate children, we teach boys about wet dreams and then we teach girls about periods. Yeah. Like, you know, where's the pleasure aspect for, for, for girls, for women? And so that's, yeah, that's my vision is to make all of this stuff normal, accessible so that women yeah. learn their bodies. They know their bodies. They know their anatomy. They know what they're capable of. And the biggest thing that comes from that is for women, that is where our power and creativity comes from. Mm. So imagine what you can do if you're connected with that part of yourself. Right, right. And on the, the kind of stepping into the
0: next question, I it just sort of has come to me then, if somebody is listening in and they are feeling intrigued about going and having a yawning massage, but at the same time, don't know, who, don't know what even to do. Don't know what I'm going to expect. I don't know, you know, all of the, the fears and the mm-hmm. I don't know what this is actually going to be like and what would people think if I told them, like that kind of stuff that comes from oh, yeah. people's minds, right? Um, What yeah, would yeah. you, like what's a couple of things that you will, could share mm. that are curious yeah. but have not, don't, don't even kind of know what to do next because of all the barriers that are coming up
1: for them? Yeah, yeah. Well, the only massage is, well, it's different for everyone because of where she's at with her body and her trauma, um, but a healing massage is a space where you can come in to be held in your absolute most vulnerability and your absolute most power all at once. And it's a space where you can address your physical body, your sexual body, and whatever emotions and stuff that comes with that because mm. you know you're going to get naked and, and have a practitioner look at you mm. see your body and there's women out there who don't have mirrors in their house no no because they don't it's want to fine. see their body or haven't gotten naked in front of their partner for 20 years so that's a really big deal even just that standing and getting naked in front of someone and be seen is huge so it's really about what do you, why do you want to do it? What is your intention? What do you want to get out of this? Because the only massage can do everything and nothing. Yeah. It all comes down to the woman, your intention, and why are you there? Mm. And it's also no quick fix. It's not a magic tool that's going to make your orgasm better or fix mm. the birth trauma or, you know, take away the menopausal symptoms or any of that mm. stuff. It will come down to you. It's putting the woman back in the driver's seat. Are you ready to take self-responsibility for what you're facing, feeling, processing, Mm. whatever? That's what Yoni Massage is about. It is about putting you back in your feminine power and taking the driver's seat. Yeah. So it's are you ready to do that (laughs) is the biggest thing. Yes. And then, yeah, what is your intention? What do you want to feel? What do you want to get out of it? And then being open to that, looking like different things, feeling like different things, and maybe not what you expect it to. Mm. And that the yoni massage is about 50% of it and the process afterwards is the next 50%. The next, uh,
0: yeah. So good to know. And, I, you know, I'm a big one for if you feel curious about something, go and do your own exploration yeah, for, as a starting point follow Amy's content like yeah. you know because she, she talks about a lot about the experience and the benefits mm. and those kind of things and just let that be a space you sit in for a little while yeah. while you decide what you want to do for yourself and how you want to to do it so that it is beneficial
1: mm. yeah and and do your research please do your research really look at who you want to go to as a practitioner ask them questions ask them for test- testimonials ask them where they trained don't hesitate to ask those questions because you want to know that you're going to someone who's actually qualified, trained properly and holds a standard of practice. I have a list on my website of all of my practitioners if you want to find someone around that's Australia and New Zealand. This year we have American practitioners training, which is amazing. Um, So, yeah, really do your research before you you say yes to any practitioner. Mm.
0: That goes for so many industries coaching as well. But, yes, you're right. Love it. All right. I'm going to, in a moment, I'm going to ask you some questions I've asked all the guests that we've had on the show, but for now, I just kind of last question. We've got to talk about your role, like your, not role, your evolution into motherhood, right? So when I first (laughs) met Amy, like I love that I never, I didn't, I would have thought you wouldn't have gone down or become a mum. but. (laughs) Kind of, I did. I thought I wouldn't. Right, where is she going to fit this in, kind of thing? And then you know, you now have a beautiful daughter that at the end of twenty twenty two was two. So has she? Has your mission and vision like changed or evolved since becoming a mum to your gorgeous daughter?
1: Yes and no. Yes and no. Like yeah, six months before I conceived, I had decided I wasn't going to be a mother. Wow. Okay. I wasn't going to have children. I loved my life. I created this incredible life. I had a business that was flourishing. I was traveling all over the world. I lived in Bali. Everything was great. Mm. The urge to be a mother had left me. I was good. (laughs) Six months later. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, it was huge. It was really, really huge for me. I think it took me the first half of my pregnancy to accept Mm. that I was going to be a mother. And to really, you know, because I was thirty six, yeah, and um, yeah, it was a really big thing because I acknowledged everything was going to change, and then um, I had to go on the journey of becoming a mother and taking control and finding courage of birthing how I wanted to do, being a plus size yeah. woman. You know, the the mainstream medical system tells me that that comes with all kinds of risks, but there was no way I was going to birth my baby in hospital. She was going to be born at home, and I was going to do nice. it my way surrounded by beautiful midwives that I loved and trusted and that took a lot of courage Mm. and you know I know the system I'm in the system Mm. and I had to say no to my colleagues Mm. (laughs) um so yeah having a home birth and deepening that level of trust within myself and my body was really really huge the first six months was tough I was introduced to anxiety for the first time in my life mm. um, which was just really really big and um and also um my partner lives in Bali and I left um in just the beginning of COVID in Australia thinking I'd be gone for a couple of months found out I was pregnant in quarantine <laughs> I you yeah, know I remember you sharing that story yeah, yeah. so you know yeah and said, then, were
0: coming back to australia just because the borders were shutting and like you said a yeah, yeah. couple of months all begun dumb yeah yeah yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. yeah so then i got stuck here so he was there i was here and so i did it on my own had the birth with him on video call mm. <laughs> and then continued to parent on my own and navigate that journey of you know long distance relationship parenting on my own all that sort of stuff as well and took that first year to just Really ride the tumultuous fucking roller coaster of becoming mm-hmm. a mother, that transition into mother. And I'm so grateful that I invested in good care and good nurturing support afterwards. I had a postnatal doula. I yeah, did all I did the things. What you were doing
0: and why. And I, yeah. you know, to me, it was just like, of course, because I know you and I know that you practice what you teach and what you, you know, your values and, you know, sharing yeah, yeah. those. Is important but for a lot of women watching that and sh- seeing what you were sharing may have been surprised that you'd gone to that level of investing in support yeah. both phys- yeah. you know, physically emotionally you know financially
1: yeah, yeah absolutely and I think you know I probably spent about ten thousand dollars mm. on my birthing postnatal experience because for me I am worth it yes yeah. You know, I didn't need a house, I didn't need a wedding, I didn't need any of that stuff. For me, making sure that I brought a soul into this world in a way that was not traumatic for both of us right. far right. outweighed anything else mm-hmm. and it was worth it. Oh, my God, it was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. that first year was really just allowing myself to to go through that transition and everything. And then the second year, last year, I went, okay, now I need to bring back the two, the mother and temple of she and mm. deliver. And yeah. last year was my biggest year in business yet. Yeah. I almost tripled my annual income. Yeah. I got an incredible business coach and I took everything next level. And It has just been phenomenal and the depth that she has given me, my daughter, in what I do, the boundaries that I now put in place, the, yeah, just the clarity with everything that I do and bringing her into that space. You know, she's two years old and she's already attended two retreats. yoni massage retreats. She's walked through the temple space where women are giving and receiving yoni massage. She's heard women release and cry and laugh and orgasm and all of that at two years old. And that is what I want. That is, you know, that's how I want to raise her with this being her norm. And really, you know, writing this tumultuous thing of society says we shouldn't expose children to sexual things and then her mother's got all these photos on the internet of all, the, all this stuff and, and you know, processing that because there is definitely still an ounce of people-pleaser in me mm. that she has amplified. So yes. really trying to you know, navigate that and just yes. trust that, you know, she chose me. Right. <laughs> Ever what you wish for, and um, yeah, and that she came along at the perfect time and was exactly what I needed. And now we're, yeah, we're writing this out together. And I know, and I yeah. was saying to Amy
0: before we started recording that you know, in looking at images and reading stories that Amy's sharing, like, I can see her like, see you in her. I can see the the boldness and the sassy and the, like, you know, this is how things are going to be. And at two, I love it so much when I see that spirit in young girls. Uh, and I you know, not having been able to go down that path of being a mother, I am just like, how can I support all of you that are, that have got these <laughs> big spirited young women in your world Um, because they are going to do so much good in the world. That's kind of my visionary creator instincts of yeah. it all. So yeah, it's very, very cool. I love it. So watch this space. We'll see what, what she's doing, right? You know, by the time she hits five and six and goes to school and like the next thing, yeah. It's going to be so good. Yeah. All right, darling. Questions to ask you, they've been asking all the guests that come on the show to tie us back in and remind us that, you know, she leads, she thrives, talking about leadership and, and thriving as well. So, what role does leadership play in your life and business? Yeah, you know, not a small question.
1: <laughs> everything I've just said. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, for me, it's everything because, and this is what I teach my practitioners, is you are the demonstration. Mm. You must lead by example or don't do the work, don't do this work don't do it. Don't waste my time. Don't come and train with me. Yes. And for me, it's, it's everything that I walk my talk. Like I hold that to myself as well. Like that is so important. And, and I have to, and it's really hard sometimes (laughs) because it requires real deep vulnerability and honesty and facing some big stuff. But leadership is, it's everything in this work because my practitioners and I have to be the demonstration to all the women out there who are scared, mm. who are scared to go to do anything, to book a massage, to read my content, to visit my website, to, yeah, you know, yeah, to really. go to a women's circle, to buy a, a jade egg or a glass dildo or any of that sort of stuff. We have to show her that it's okay, that it's safe, that it's empowering, that you can do it. So leadership is, yeah, if you don't have it, don't be here. <laughs> Yeah, I I
0: completely <laughs> I get it I know it I, I understand it and leadership is not something that's new for me to talk about but I still love that it's a new discovery for a lot of people like not not about external leadership and you know that traditional kind of view of yeah. leadership as being a person standing at the front of a lot of people it's mm. like you know, how do I actually lead my life how do I lead my business so yeah. so cool so how do you know when you're thriving
1: ah. I think when it feels good Mm. and when you're not surviving, you know, when you're not scrounging and that feeling of, oh, it's not going to work and what if I don't get people to sign up or what if I don't get enough money to pay the bills, or what if I can't do this. I think the thriving is when it just, when there's balance and when it feels good and sure there's going to be challenges and things aren't going to work sometimes, that's part of it all. Mm. But it's, it's, and I guess an indicator of thriving then is how quickly you bounce back from that. Yeah. You know, whether you sit in the shit and, oh, it didn't work and my launch was a failure and blah, 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 or whether you go, fuck, okay, that didn't work, what's next? What do I learn from that? Keep moving.
0: Yeah. That and is that's great. really, to me, is an expression of where the leadership comes in, being yeah. self-led is being able to be honest with yourself, be, you know, be in this space of truth and, and look at things and go, okay, well, something didn't work. It didn't, it doesn't feel good right now, but what can I do to to really, what's the stuff I've been talking about more recently in with my clients is that really recognize the influencer that you are in your own life. Yeah. And everything that you do. Yeah. yeah and that yes things may not feel fabulous in, in some particular moment or experience but you always have a an opportunity a choice about how you respond to that
1: yeah you, absolutely
0: yeah always is, there is no exception <laughs> no 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 so how can people connect with you the easiest like we'll make sure kind of all the links you've shared with us but tell anyone now so that they don't want to go and look at the
1: look for that yeah. like, yeah, well, my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. Yes. So that is temple.of.she. And um, that's where a lot of my cool stuff goes. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, on my website, temple.she.com.au, I do also have a YouTube channel, which has loads of great videos. All my free webinars are up there, lots of information. Like if you just want to know what is the yoni massage, mm-hmm. there's videos there. There's all kinds of educational content, all sorts of stuff on the YouTube channel there, too, which is not censored by social media, obviously. Yes. Um, Yeah, or Facebook, Temple of She is where you can find me. And if you go ahead and head to the website, you can also join the mailing list where you get the real juice. exactly. Yeah, right, literally, (laughs) (laughs) which I love it. So, my darling friend, what's a
0: kind of a final piece of wisdom that you can share with the ambitious, you know, impact-making
1: souls that are tuning in today? (sighs) I think for me it's about remembering that you have this body mm. and what she can offer you in what you're creating. You know, we we spend so much time in our head or out there and planning and this and that and the other, but come back here, come mm. back to the body. Even You know, I, I get my practitioners, lay a hand on your vulva and on your heart and just take mm. a few deep breaths. And see what's present in you, because that is the center where we have our creativity. If you want to write a book and you're stuck on a chapter, tap in there. If you want to create a program or anything, tap into this body that you have. It's it's a real part of our reality. So use it. That would be my biggest yes, I Love it.
0: Again, I'm just like got, now I've got a thousand more questions to ask you but <laughs> You know, we will wrap up today. <laughs> I'm not adverse to having guests come back on the podcast at a later <laughs> date in time, anyway. So you know part two yeah often it is the case you know you never know you never know who may be you know in your ears again at some future date and time but amy thank you so much for saying yes and coming and chatting with me (laughs) it was very cool to talk about something that needs to be talked about Kind of with this round of recordings I've done with incredible guests like yourself, we've talked about more things like ethical business and coaching practice through to menopause, through to yeah. other things to do with hormones, through to yoni massage. Like we've got all of it coming out, right? <laughs> Everything topics need to be talked about, and they are relevant to all of us. You know, the, whoever you are listening, I know a majority of our audience is likely female or identifies as female um because that's who the podcast was created for if you're not that welcome you you're just as welcome as everyone else but yeah, also yeah. you know there's something in this for everybody uh so let's you know talk about more of these things because I don't I don't believe in keeping them hidden and I'm not a not a pioneer seeker <laughs> so you know it'll be a whole nother another level of of interesting <laughs> <laughs> with that in, in in charge as well. But Definitely. thank you for saying yes and joining me. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. And, and I hope that you have got something out of the conversation that Amy and I have created for you today. Uh, even if it's just one thing that you take away, I'm really a big believer in creating these conversations and also the solo episodes I share with you to get you to pause a bit longer and to think differently. And with that, to consider the action you're going to take in response Mm -hmm. to that. That to me is really personal leadership. I define personal leadership, goodness me, 14, 15 years ago when I was first exploring what became the Thrive Factor Framework and the archetypes, and I looked at personal leadership as the lived expression of the choices you make and the action you take in response to those choices. So you always have a choice. Yeah, we've said that already. Go and exercise some choices for the well-being of yourself and those yeah. that you love and care about, the world at large, if that's you, like, if you're like Amy and I, and you've got the kind of big visionary aspect, <laughs> um, you know, because when we thrive, there's a ripple effect is activated and everybody has a potential to thrive in a much more, you know, richer and nourishing way that can only benefit the world. And that's the way I look at it anyway. So, Amy, thank mm. you, darling. Talk to you again thank soon. You. Thank you. Don't, you know, make sure you've subscribed if you haven't already. Follow again, if you found something of value in this episode, share it with one other soul minimum. Yeah, there'll be someone that you may have had in mind when you were listening to what we were talking about today. Share this with them. Explain why you feel it would be of value for them to listen to. And that is also you activating more thriving out there in the world and a beautiful ripple effect. Have a beautiful day. Stay fabulous. And remember, you were born to thrive. thanks for tuning into today's episode. You are so valued and appreciated. Aside from this podcast, my favorite place to hang out online is definitely Instagram. So come and join me, Shannon underscore the Thrive Factor. And no, my DMs are always open for genuine questions and connections. For all the latest Thrive Factor goodness, visit thrivefactorco.com forward slash links where you'll find more about thriving in life and business. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show and share it with your friends. Let's amplify thriving the world over.